Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble, where one Albion fan and one Wolves fan sit down and they put their heads together to try and make sense of the state of black country football. Um, and I do mean state in a neutral sense, um, but it certainly feels like a state at the moment anyway, doesn't it, JB? Yes, mate, just a little bit, buddy. Um it's been a while since we recorded, hasn't it? It's been, been, I'm not, not quite sure how many weeks. Um, it's good to be back, but uh, yeah, the football side of things hasn't exactly gone to plan in, in our sort of, um, you know, our little break from play, if you like. So uh, yeah, looking forward to sort of getting into it really and, and sort of uh, throwing some cold, hard facts about, I think. I know, I've. Uh, this isn't even exaggeration. Uh, JB just told me I had cold, hard facts to lay down. So I said, let me go and um, make a cup of tea. Uh, I went off, put the kettle on, and now I'm back ready for JB's cold, hard facts um, on Wolves. I don't know if I've got any energy to give cold, hard facts on, (laughs) but we'll try. Um, JB, first thing we need to do, though, as always, is kick um, the podcast off with a little bit of trivia. Um, I've taken the liberty of preparing a football trivia question this week. Um, can't remember whose go it was. Neither can the listeners um, because yeah. it was quite a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, everybody is aware that Arsene Wenger was the first non-British manager or non-British and Irish manager to win um, the league title in England. But who was the first foreign manager to win a major trophy in England, JB? Even if you think you might know it, and the look on your face tells me you're not sure yet anyway, even if you think you might know it, I'm going to give us until we've rounded up this week's fixtures um, just to see how the listeners get on and give you a chance as well, JB. Have you got an inkling before I give you some time to think? Um, God, crikey. Because I'm happy to give you a, a minor clue that's going to push you in the right direction, maybe. Um, it depends. Depend. I don't know how far back we're going. Um, well, I wouldn't ask if it was before your time. I'll put it that way. Okay. Okay. So my first, my first guess, top of my head. My first guess, top of my head, and I think he would. I said Rud Hullet, Chelsea uh, FA Cup. I'll give the listeners some time to think as well, JB, and I'll let you know a little bit later on. Um, If it's not right, you can have another guess. Listeners, let's know what you think as well. Okay then, JB, let's start these cold, hard facts. I would gladly go first on Albion, um, but to be honest, I'm glad you've jumped in. Uh, JB, talk to me about the state of play at Wolves, because as, as someone who isn't really emotionally invested in Wolves picking up results. Um, it's yeah. it's been a very strange season for Wolves. I don't know if anyone in the league has drawn less games. So I think Wolves have won yeah. about 14, 15 games, something like that. But they've also lost a similar amount yeah. as well. Um, a, one game in hand, they're three points off seventh. But your, I know from your sort of the, 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 maybe the negative outlook on it, the negative energy, you're not content to be three points behind West Ham with four or five games to go, are you, JB? No, no, not at all, mate. I think, listen, I, th- I think the sort of the, the, the tone was set when when we, um, and, and I've, I've touched on this in previous pods, when when, when we lost to Arsenal in, in the last couple of minutes, that game that followed up with that West Ham poor performance. And then obviously I think in our last nine, we've lost six of them. 
um, in what, what we would have believed to be a sort of fairly favourable run on paper, if you like. But, but as is Wolves, those favourable runs never seem to materialise in points. It's always been the way, even under Nuno and, and even previous managers, for some reason, we've always seemed to struggle in the games where, we, where on paper, you think, well, actually, they're, they're going to get a decent return here. Um, but it's been more the manner in which we've played and... Granted, you know, we, we, we've lost key players at key times. You know, the Nevers injury, obviously, you know, we've lost Pedence for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we, we, we've lost sort of key players at, at times, but I don't want to sort of revert back to the, the, the transfer market and the recruitment stuff because I've been there sort of bang that drum and, and everyone knows where, where I stand with that. Um, but... It, the problem is, Kieran, he's just watching us play these last couple of months if you like it's been so monotone it's been bland there hasn't been anything different really to to what we've seen you know particularly a heart bad it's not been Bruno's biggest sort of um support if you like I've loved how refreshing he's been I love I've loved up until recently um how he's in sort of in play tactics and management has been spot on at times and he's always seemed to have that tactical ability to outwit another manager, but he seems to have completely lost that these last few weeks. Um, at times, the team selections have, have, have been quite startling. Um, in, in what sense, JB? Who, where do you think maybe he's got it wrong with the team in recent weeks? And what do you think he... I, I, I just think, you know, oh, I, I, look, I know he's building Neto up, I know, but for me, there was no reason not to start Neto on Sunday, for argument's sake. You know, he's obviously fit, he's on the bench. If he wasn't fit, he wouldn't be on the bench. You know, he's been on the bench the last few weeks. He's had cameo appearances. At what point, you know, it, it was a huge game Sunday. Huge game. A real, if we'd have gone out and, and got that win, that that, that changes the, the, the complexion of where our last five games go, in spite of the running that we've got, which is really, really difficult. Is, yeah. um, you, you know, but it, it doesn't matter. It gives you that little bit of momentum and a platform to build on. Um, the, the, there's just been certain... I've questioned his lineup at times, but for me, a lot of it's been his in-play stuff, which is unusual because I've been his biggest fan around that. But like his substitutions have been coming late. There's been no change of tactics when we when the game's been either been running away from us, or it's gone stale, and we just need a little bit of a spark. He's almost it's almost like he's lost that. Um, and oh, there's a word I'm after. Lost the sort of the the, the cojones, the bollocks. Let's let's put it on the table to sort of make, take a gamble, and, and we've got nothing to lose, Kieran. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, we're going to finish top half. You know, we've got a chance of Europe. You know, why not make those chance? You know, he's took no gambles. We've lost six out of nine playing shoddy, boring football. Why didn't he just take the gamble? At least give us half a chance. You know, you, you're playing teams like Burnley, Newcastle. You know, um, I can't think who we've even played recently. It seems like the Leeds game, obviously, they're sitting bottom half. Yeah, the Leeds game. You know, there's been so many tactical errors really along the way. And it's the first time I've probably said that on this pod and I've, I've been quite, you know, I'm being quite critical really, but it's it, it putting a abrupt stop to our season. It's been really disappointing. Listen, I, I think eighth in the table flatters us. I do. Um, I, I really do. I, th I think we've got lucky with certain results. I mean, like we had a couple of little decent spells where we got away with things and other teams fought and that managed to push us up. Um, and I think eighth flatters us. And I think if somehow we got into Europe, I think that I'd a bit, be a ridiculously flattering sort of end to a season. It's not going to happen, by the way, it's, at all. But it's just been disappointing the way that we've kind of tailed off and the fact that we've just 
it, it, it's felt like watching Nuno football again. That, 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 that's the reality. It's felt like watching how Nuno almost when we thought Nuno would give up the ghost a little bit. I'm not comparing it to the back end of last season, the Nuno, but it's just got that sort of feel of going through the motions and, you know, just, just, just difficult to watch, mate. You know, really difficult to watch. We've put in some really pitiful, bland performances and it just highlights the fact that we've been too dependent on this sort of 3-5-2, 3-4-3, whatever. It's highlighted a lot of major things, which we knew, but it's, 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 it's sort of exasperated them, if you like, in, in, even more in, in, uh, in a stronger way. You know, Neves is a huge miss. It, you know, without him, we, are, we have absolutely nothing. Um, Pedence... When we play a three-man forward system, it just doesn't click the same when Pedentes are playing. Um, even though we haven't seen Neto in that front three since he's come back from, 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 from injury. Um, and the ironic thing is, when he put the line out, when I seen the line up on Sunday, I like, I like that. Really glad he sort of, you know, he sort of went Raul and, and, and Silva. But again, you know, you've got to call a spade a spade, you know. He's first of your tuition. He, he, he hauls Silva off. Can he I, was by far the way out. Yeah, can I call another spade a spade, JB? Yeah. Uh, Fabio Silva. Yeah. Is shit. He's what, mate? He's shit. He's shit. That, yeah. that, 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 that's your opinion. That's your opinion. I, yeah, I yeah. can't, I can't. When you look at that lineup, JB, and you're thinking, and you think it's yeah. a positive thing that Fabio Silva is in that lineup, I can't get my head around that. You based, have... on, based, on the squad, based on the squad we've got, Keeman based on the squad we've got, and that's the harsh reality. When we're talking spade a spade, Silva has been by far and away a far better. Jimenez has been a ghost for weeks, for fucking weeks. He's, he's been a ghost for months, mate, and, and that's nothing against his injury, nothing against, um, nothing against, you know, the fact that he's come back from a life-threatening career and anything, but he's been a ghost, and I think he's living on his name a little bit now. And the fact that Silva got hauled off, and yes, I get what you're saying. Do you know, is Silva good enough for an eighth place chasing you at Wolverhampton Wonders? Probably not. This is probably not. So but if that's but, but the but the but the but the, but the, but the thing is, kid, we're talking about what we've got. We can't talk about hypothetically. We yeah. haven't got a squad full of quality Premier League strikers. And if we're talking about Silva or Jimenez, give me Silva any day of the week because Jimenez wow. has been a ghost for weeks. Give me Silva any day, and I'll I'll, I'll stand on my I'll stand on my sword on that. And, and I'll probably get pelters from, from many directions, but I don't care. Yeah, that man. boy is giving us. Yes, he, yes, he, yes, he's not scoring. I get that. But just the, what he does and, and the, the way he, he very rarely gives the, If you watch still, he very rarely gives the ball away. He chases things down. It sounds silly. And it, this sounds really pernickety. But the amount of throw-ins that he wins in, in, in our attacking third by chasing fullbacks down and just putting that pressure on and throwing that bit of weight he's put on over the summer, Little things like that that Jimenez isn't doing anymore. Jimenez will have the ball to be, he'll try and do a Cruyff, give it away, labour back, make another mistake. Then he might do something really good. Like, he did a fantastic Cruyff turn on the halfway. I was about 70, 60, 70 minutes in. We were 1-0 down. He's had the ball to be. He's drew, I think, maybe it was Ben May, possibly. I'm not sure who the centre-halves were. Turned him on the, on, on the half-turn, drove towards goal. He's got about 10 yards either side of him. Two centre-halves closing down. Samedo's to his right. I presume it was Trincao or Huang at the time on his left. Silva's made the darting run to separate the centre-halves. And he fucking tries to drop, drive past another two centre-backs because he's, he's being greedy. He's trying too hard. And yet, this probably sounds like I've got my tail up and, and I'm hammering Jimenez. But that, the fact that he took Silva off and kept Jimenez on spoke volumes of kind of not willing to, to make a big call or, 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 or take a risk because the easy option is to haul the young boy off. And that's how it feels. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. 
Yeah, and there might be, you know, there's maybe the argument that, you know, Fabio Silva, 19-year-old kid, he's got to cut his teeth a bit. You can't expect to be staying yeah. on if you, you know, if you haven't really influenced the game and it's nil-nil, whatever, um, or yeah. nil down. Um, if, well, I've got two questions. First question is if you're, yeah. if you've got a, a striking lineup which has two yeah. strikers in it, one of them is a 19-year-old yeah. kid who yeah. isn't, isn't a goal scorer, um, yeah. Are Wolves overachieving by being eighth? I, I, I said eight flatters us. I seen, I seen, I seen, I seen a, a tweet doing the rounds and I thought, actually, yeah, I, I, we're not eighth. What, what, was the, what was the phrase? We're, we're not eighth because of Bruno. We're eighth in spite of him, which I thought rang true on many levels. In what? In what? Um, almost like. Bruno at times this season has, 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 has performed managerial masterclasses. The Man United game was a, was a great example. How he unpicked that Man United team. You know, um, we've had some superb performances at, at, at times. But I'll be honest with you, I feel like thinking, being completely honest and looking back over the course of the season, we've been very lucky. And I feel like, and I don't think a lot of that has been down to Bruno itself. And this isn't me having Bruno saying Bruno, nothing like that. I'm not saying that at all. I like him. And I think actually, if he's back correctly, I think potentially we could go on to bigger and better things. I just feel like he's almost, and maybe he hasn't had a choice. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but, I, but I'm, I'm angry and I'm upset because I feel like we've had a real chance this season, even with the lack of depth, it, with, our, with the players we've had available against the teams that we've played, I feel that we have had a real chance to have a good go at getting back into Europe. And that, and, 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 and that, and in, and in and, and in that sequence of events, that, that means that you've got a better chance of keeping your Neveses. You've got a better chance of attracting better quality players. In comes more money in, into the books. We, we, you know, we're owned by folks who have made it clear that they want us to be self-sustainable. So, so getting into Europe, like that brings in an additional income stream. You know, we become more attractive to sponsors, commercial major companies. You know, all that, all that comes in play. And I just feel that we, we, we've bottled it. And I feel like a lot of it is because it's almost just rested on his laurels and done the sort of the basic three five two three four three almost what picked up the pieces from what Nuno left maybe he didn't have another option I get that because it, yeah, it probably wasn't back substantially but I just feel like at times he could have done things differently he could have made different substitutions he could have gambled a bit more with the starting lineup you know and and he's come back to boys because our season's fizzled out and it's just been really disappointing to, to watch and yeah we, I, th- I believe we have overachieved um, I believe the fact we're sitting eighth and we're still only three points off Europe is staggering, really, when you bear in mind we've lost six out of nine. Um, the reality will hit home in the next five games because we, we've got a difficult game on Saturday against a team we very rarely pick, pick up sort of positive results against. We're then following with games against Manchester City, Chelsea, A another, and then finishing with Liverpool. Um, I can't think who, who, who the, 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 the other game is. Norwich it is. Uh, Norwich, Okay. Um, the hilarious thing is, knowing Wolves, we're probably going to win four, four out of five. You know, that, that's <laughs> a stupid thing. And um, that's me wishful thinking, having a bit of humour along the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel that we've, that, that, that there's been a, Bruno talks a really good game and a, a lovely thing to him. He's very refreshing to talk, but some, some of it's come out with, uh, I don't think, I feel like he's almost, his bravado is almost, Smoke and mirrored actually what's going on on that pitch. Um, like he, I think he came out after the Burnley game to Dawson, like, oh, we've, we've watched these kind of, kind of games a hundred times over. And he was like, if you've watched these kind of games a hundred times over, you know, when we play teams like Burnley, 
go and get the goals early. Go and start Neto, let him run him ragged for 50 minutes and hold him off. Get the goals, do what you need to do. Okay, listen, the first half we did control it. We did have some chances. It wasn't great, but, you know, we were the better side in the first half. But you just knew what Burnley were going to do. And as a team, Wolverhampton Wonders are so susceptible to teams like Burnley, where they just, they'll just absorb it, getting at nil-nil. And then we just fall into that trap time and time again. And it's so frustrating. And I just wish he'd have just just done things a bit differently and gambled a bit more. You know what? If we were sitting, if we were sitting in the kind of Everton, Watford, Newcastle before they had that magical one they've been on, you know, that sort of thing where we have to protect our Premier League status, I get it. I get it. I really do. But when you sit in eighth, guaranteed a top half finish, three points off Europe, all the teams around you faltering, your best players out injured, just go for it. Just go for it. Do something a bit different. Don't play that sort of monotonous, boring sort of, you know, side-to-side football where we're just sort of a bit of possession. We might break through here or there to a better than that we are. And yeah, it's been a frustrating few weeks. You can probably turn the tone of my voice. Yeah, well, I certainly can. And I also feel like we've been here before maybe in the in the end of yeah. the Nuno reign. Um, I, yeah, the other question I had um, on the topic yeah. of, you know, Wolves strike force and what they've got available to them. Yeah, yeah. Is um, if a £15 million bid came in um, yeah. for both Fabio Silva and Jimenez, because if I'm honest, I think that's what they're both worth. I think Jimenez has dropped off a cliff and I think you had your pants pulled down with how much you paid for Fabio Silva the first time. If you get a £15 million offer for both of them, which one do you sell and which yeah. one do you keep? Jimenez. You sell Jimenez? Jimenez, without doubt. Yeah. He, yeah, he's been, a, he's probably been the best striker at Wolves in my lifetime. Yeah. You know, by far. This is this isn't a Jimenez slander episode at all. It's not. He's just come to the end of his cycle at Wolves. And that's the way I feel, you know. And, and I think if we can get any, if we can get close to double figure million for him, um, I think you just, just cash him. And, and, and thank him for everything that he's done. Let him go and, and do whatever, wherever he goes and be a success. We, we need to move on. He's not the same player he was. And maybe he'll be a success somewhere. Maybe he's come to the end of his cycle. I don't know. When you watch him play, he's not the same player. I don't know if that's a physical thing or an emotional thing. Almost like how Nuno, you could see he was coming to the end of his cycle at Wolves and he had enough. I, I don't know if Jimenez is at the same stage or whether it's literally a physical thing and he's just physically not the same player. Yeah. But just I, I just watch Jimenez and I look at... I look at his simple decision making, Kieran. I'm not talking about the, the you know, the unbelievable goals he scored over the last four years. His unbelievable link up play, you know, that phenomenal striker that we couldn't believe our luck we had on our books 18 months ago, two years maybe, whatever. Mm. I just look at some of his simple play, like that, that example I gave before when he's on a superb turn, driving to 30 yards of space. All he's got to do is lane on the Samada or, or Huang, dead simple. Then he's a tapping for Silva or himself, and he makes a stupid decision. You know, he'll have the ball sort of mid- middle of midfield and he'll try and do a crunch turn with two big cent- big two centre midfielders clattering him. Like just little things that it's almost like he's, he's trying to hard. He's thinking, you know, I've got nothing to lose here. I'm going to, I'm going to try something. And, and that's not that's not suiting us. It's not of any benefit to us. And I just think there needs to be a bit of an overhaul. I don't mean a complete overhaul. And people go, bloody hell, JB, what are you about your eight in the Premier still in touch with you? Blah, blah, blah. Get that. Get that. But it's something's not quite right on that pitch. Something's 
we, we're just a bit bland and it, and we need a change. I don't know if that's going to come from personnel, from formation change. You know, I, I, my mind has changed. I, I did think there was a chance a couple of months ago that we would keep Neves, especially when they said they're going to open contract talks with him, but I think he'll go now. I think he'll go. And I'm going to be dead honest with you. Like, everyone knows my sort of love for, for Neves, but if we can get serious, serious top dollar for him and that's going to allow us to reinvest across the whole squad and that's the only way we're going to be able to reinvest. Because we're not in, we're not in a, we're not a club now where we're not the... We're not owned by the Fosun that we were owned by in 2019, where they just opened the checkbook. It's it's a different Fosun now. It's, it's a different world. Yeah. And I don't want Neves to go. I want him to be offered a contract for, for, for whatever, paying what he wants, build the team around him. But if the only way that we can rebuild our side and, and, and restructure it and, and, and get players in that, that Bruno wants to play the way that he wants to play is through a Neves sale, then that's the way it's got to go because the need the, the needs to be something done because we're stale. You mm. know, I look at us, mate. You know, this year and last year, another stat got thrown up after 33 games. Last year, our top scorers were something, our three top goal scorers, something like six, four, four. This year it's six, five, four. Mate, it's it's scandalous. It's boring. It, it, we, we are of no goal threat at all. To be sitting eighth in the Prem after 33 games, your top goal scores on six. Like, come on. Like, you know, you know, yeah. We don't um, look potent. No, you don't. You don't potent anymore. No. And there was um, no? there's something you said earlier about, you know, at times you've been lucky. And I know that um, we come down on different sides of the uh, data in football uh, argument. But that that is what yeah. the data has said all season long against Wolves. A massive overperformance yeah. on the attacking end and an overperformance yeah. on the defensive end has led to Wolves being on the right side of a lot of marginal one nils, which is, you know, it in once upon a time you'd have said that's the mark of a good team. Um and it is the mark of a good team, but is it the mark of a team who can get into Europe? I don't know. The one thing I would say is um as you've alluded to, you sometimes perform better against those top teams. Um, if you do get the results over the next few weeks and you do get into Europe, the the job, the recruitment job on 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 the cards is absolutely gargantuan. It's massive. It, 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 you haven't yeah, got the squad. It, 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 no, it worries me. It worries me because yeah, you know, even our under twenty threes, really, you know, you know, I look at I, I look at sort of you know some of the, the players that say Villa are bringing through. You know, um, you know, lads bought them all from the Albion, mate. Albion, yeah, well, you know, it is, it is what it is, but they're bringing through lads that are, you know, a stepping straight to the Premier League and looking, you know, yeah, you know what, I'll give you know, Kundal had a great performance against Spurs, not so good against Newcastle. You know, he's brought Toti Gomez back in the times he's played, he's but he's he's been good, but we kind of brought him, so I can't really class him as an academy prospect as such. Yeah, I look at like I look at the, we've got this, we've got this apparently world class academy youth system. I'm thinking, well, who are we bringing through? You know, who who who's next on that conveyor belt? You know, we should be. You know, we we talk about you know Jeff Shee and Fo talk about you know investments and bringing through youth and investing in the in the, in the academy so we can bring through long term um, projects and things like that. There's no one coming through. You know, the the lads that that that, that you know do really well through the 23s. Your Chen Campbell's, your Christian Marquez's. Um, Oh god, there's a couple of others that I can't the top of my head. They're nowhere near the, the first team. They're nowhere near sort of Premier League level, um, and that worries me a little because I think 
you know, we're not going to bring in three lot good quality youth prospects that are going to thrive in the Prem. Um, yeah, and I just, I just think, mate, to be honest, and I said this last year, didn't I? I think it's, do you know what? It's the same every year for every club. Every summer's a huge summer. Every club, no matter what position you're in. Um, but again, it feels like another huge summer for Wolves. I must have quite defined in terms of where do we go? Do we keep Nevers? Do we not if he goes? Where does that money go? What direction does Bruno go in? You know, we've still got a lot of players, Kieran, that we had four years ago. You know, your Bollies, your Codys, your Saises, your Moutinho's, your Jimenez's, um, et cetera, et cetera, Neves. And, 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 and we've had, and I'm not saying we get rid of all of them, but it's, it's very samey. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, really, but I just but, feel no, like... No, I, I get like, it. I get it. And it's funny because the, the buzzword in all, well, apart from the word solutions, but the buzzword in Nuno's last year at Wolves was transition, wasn't it? And um, yeah. there was a transitioning style of play briefly. I know we ended up reverting back. Yeah. There was yeah. a transitioning style of play and there was obviously a transition in a managerial sense in the end, but there wasn't really the recruitment. And it was, it's funny. It's no. almost an oversight. Like they, they, they spoke about trans, um, um, you know, they thought about making that leap to consolidate. You know, but all of a sudden, it's not yeah, yeah. this. It's not the first wave where they've come up, and you know, now they've stayed up, and they're going to transition, and they're going to become a, a really, really solid um, Premier League outfit who are knocking on the door of Europe. And to be fair, they are knocking on the door of Europe, so maybe it's worked out. But in terms of playing staff, there wasn't really a transition. You've still got. Yeah. almost the same defence you've got a top top goalkeeper through the door to be fair you've got almost the same defence you've got the same midfield all of your attackers were options that were at the club last uh, season apart from Trincao who in I my think, eyes yeah. has been fairly disappointing yeah, yeah yeah absolutely mate. absolutely I think, I think he's got the potential really to happen. yeah but there's been there's been there's been dodgy you know, the, the, you know we haven't even touched on the whole Traore thing mate you know you know we've, 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 we've let Traore you know let's, I'll be honest with you, since Traore has gone we've been shit yeah, and we, we have, and I'm not saying that's because Joe, but Trey, I added on again Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. But you look on Twitter and you look at some of the stuff that goes around, and, and so many goals that Wolves have scored have been in were indirectly because of Trey. Right? Yes, he's a speed merchant, yes, decision maker can be poor, but he was just something so different. What we've done is we've let him go a, a, on loan for a deal that has not financially benefited us at all because we're still paying part of his wages. And he sat on Barcelona's bench. I think he's, I think it's in a start, he's paid 75 minutes for Barcelona, that's it. And 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 at the same time as, as probably one of our most potent attacking threats that yes his decision making and, and style of play sometimes was was a nightmare to watch. I'll tell you what, he created indirectly created a lot of our goals and, and was and was always an option for us. And, he's, and we've let him go on a on a sort of sort of like freebie, if you like, to Barca. We think actually we don't fancy him. We're paying, we're still paying part of his wages. He's going to come back to us in the summer. He's got one year left on his track on his deal. And it's like, you know, we're not going to be able to demand anywhere near what we wanted for him last year. And, and you know, he probably doesn't want to stay anymore. And it's, it's just little things like that. There's just been a lot of decisions made across the season. I've just, I've just I haven't got my head around. And, you know, yeah, it, it's big, big summer, big, big decisions. And I think we need a bit of an overhaul upstairs, if you like, as well. Because I think our recruitment's been, been, been poor for a number of years now. Um, and Felwell used to get a bit of stick. Um for myself at times, to be fair, but since Dalwell's gone, it hasn't quite been the same. 
And uh, yeah, I think I've probably just wrapped it up as to where I'm at at the moment. Well, you promised the delivery of cold, hard facts, JB. Uh, and I think that just about sums up the tone. I think the, the main thing to, to cling on to, if you like, is that it's you're still in a position in the last few games where maybe you might get back into it. Um, you have got that game in hand on West Ham and they've got other things to focus on. Um, so you never know. You might just have to pick up a few, you know, win that Norwich game, then pick up maybe four more points. You don't know how West Ham are going to get on um, and it could still happen. But yeah, it's um, it's not really all that surprising when you consider the, a lot of the circumstances surrounding Wolves this season. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, before we talk about my beloved West Bromwich Albion on the other side of the Black Country divide. Um, I want to return to the football trivia. Um, right at the start of the pod, JB, I asked you the question, who was the first manager, um, or rather, who was the first foreign manager to win a major trophy in English football? You floated a guess out there, JB. Who did you go with? I said, yeah, I was thinking... Early nineties, I can't, I, I can't get my head into the game where I think there was many foreign managers sort of floating around, if you like. And my early sort of my, my, my recollection of a foreign manager winning a trophy, I was originally, I was originally going to go Gianluca Vialli because I remember him winning a cup for Chelsea. So I'm sure he's playing manager, but I think, I think that's the yeah. um, But I'm sure that was ninety eight, I think. Um, but I'm, I'm convinced Rude Hollett won it as Chelsea manager in ninety seven, pre ninety seven. I know Liverpool won it in won, won it in '96. I think that would have been under Roy Evans. No, would that have been Roy Evans? Possibly. Um, yeah, possibly Roy Evans. Everton won it in '95. That was under Howard Kendall. I'm not feeling like. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Rude Hullet. But that that's my. That, yeah, well, that, 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 well, that's my Go on then, who is he? It's Rude Hullet, '97. You've <laughs> nailed it, JB. <laughs> Absolutely, oh. with with the player and the year and the team, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember being very interested in Chelsea that time. I love the fact that they sort of they did things a bit differently. I think they've got player managers and yeah, I loads of random foreign players, which is everybody who's this pod now. Is all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, oh good, okay, pleased with that. You nailed it, JB. Good question. Good question, there. Good question. Yeah, that one came up in uh, some light reading. I was reading the Mixer, Michael Cox's first um, football tactics book, and it was basically a chapter on Chelsea's foreign influence. Um, yeah, yeah. On um, Rude Hullet first joining as a player and basically, you know, being able to play anywhere, um, and then his yeah, transition yeah. to play a manager, and how he ended up um, as. You know, the first ever foreign manager to win a, a major trophy in England, and then yeah. the exodus. The exodus. The um, it's the opposite of an exodus. The um, when not when everyone leaves, when everyone comes in. Oh, I can't. Influx. Yes, thank you, JB. That'll do. The influx of foreign managers came, and then you know the, the British game, or rather the English game, has never really looked back. Um, yeah, yeah. Nearly every major trophy since then, certainly all the leagues. Um, have been won by non-English managers. So, yeah, fascinating, really. Uh, but Rude Hullet was was definitely at the forefront of that um, back then. Another thing I came across in my reading this week, and this isn't all reading I do for the podcast, by the way, uh, listeners, I'm I'm not that studious. Um, but I read, JB, about the 1888 
um, FA Cup final between West Bromwich Albion and Preston North End. Um, Albion ended up winning it. They were very, very much unfancied. Uh, like at the time, that was the best, you know, Preston were the best football team, um, not only in the land, but in history, because football was in its very, very um, early yeah, infancy. Yeah. Um, so much so that Preston at the time um, asked to be photographed with the trophy before kickoff. Um, and the response was, don't you think you should win it first? Um, oh, from right. And they didn't end up winning it. But um, interesting stat which came out or interesting fact which you know came from that the 1888 world uh, world cup final the 1888 um fa cup final between those two teams was the first football match in this country to ever be a sellout oh wow yeah nineteen thousand was the crowd um you know albion the great entertainers then (laughs) (laughs) very good yeah, um, I thought you might like that one, JB. So, from glorious halcyon days um, to miserable present day, it has been confirmed since we last uh, recorded, JB, that West Bromwich Albion will be a championship team for next season. It's been confirmed that West Bromwich Albion will finish outside of the playoffs for the first time um, in. 22 years it has also been confirmed that the man who is responsible for Albion's lack of a playoff campaign this season um, Mr Steve Bruce will be staying on for another season um, at the Hawthorns not news which I'm particularly pleased to hear I understand the logic in it Um, rather than rip it up you know what's gone what's gone into plan in the last few months stick with Steve Bruce give him a season he's it was a long time ago, but he's got teams up before. You never know. He, he, he might fall on a might land on a winning formula next season with a bit of recruitment. You might see an upturn in performance. But we talk about the the job the Wolves have got in terms of recruitment and turnover of players, and you know where can you fund um, the right sort of sales to bring bodies through the door. Albion have got just as big a task. Um, We've got we've got so much to do this summer. What the first? Well, I say the first thing I do. I don't even know what the first thing I do. I'd probably go through the squad and I'd look at where can we a save money and b maybe make a bit of money. Um, could we offload Callum Robinson to someone who's willing to pay a fee? I really hope so. Um, maybe even Carlin Grant. Could we get rid of Carlin Grant? I know he's our top goal scorer, but I'm not sure what he offers off the ball, um, and I'm certainly not sure what he offers. Um, linking up with with players around him other than Callum Robinson. But if we could sell the two of them, maybe for, I don't know, we're still paying for Carlin Grant, so we won't want to do that. But if we could maybe touch double figures between selling the two of them, but I don't know, I can't see it happening. Um, Even just having them off the wage bill might do us a favour, I don't know. And then maybe Kyle Bartley, time to move on. Um, People talk about a lack of... um, you know, bottling the big moments. And this is something that we've spoken about, JB, since the very, very start of the Black Country Ramble, how Albion have always crumbled under the big moments, going back to even their promotion winning season under Billich. Um, I think it's not nice and I'm not, I'm not, I've never wanted to dig players out, but I think if I'm honest, Kyle Bartley at the heart of defence is part of the reason why. I don't think he's a leader and to have, um, obviously, he's he's the vice captain. He ends up captaining us a lot when Jake Livermore is not available, and um, which is a lot due to suspension. Often, 
I can't see Kyle Bartley having a future at Albion. Obviously, we're going to lose Sam Johnston. Um, Daryl DK, thankfully, is on a long contract. Taylor Gordon-Hickman looks a little player. Daro Shea, excellent player, really good at the level. Shemi Ajayi, I like. Um, Connor Townsend, yeah, he's okay. Uh, and I'd get I'd get Romain Sawyers back in the door um, as a matter of urgency from Stoke. But then you're looking at that team and you're thinking, where are the assets? Where where are the where are the teams to build, or rather, where are the players to build the team around? And I'm not sure we've got any other than that. We've got maybe five or six players who you would say, yes, let let's keep that core of the squad. Other than that, JB, I think it's fair game. I think anyone's anyone's for sale. Just get some funds. Um, together and try to move on. Try to try to have a bit of a hard reset next season without leaving ourselves too short. Because if you try and well, if you try and do too much, we could end up. God forbid, we could end up in League One, JB. Um, and I don't want that. Particularly how many times I've laughed at your expense over you going down to League One. Um, I'd be finished. Yeah, it, it's um, it's it's a difficult one, really. I think. I remember chatting on the pod November, December time. I remember sort of alluding sort of lightly, if you like, to the fact that I could see something not quite clicking. You, 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 were, you were starting to lose the odd games here and there. Then it sort of became every other game. Um, a bit, and I remember saying, you know, I think I, I'd, I'd love to take a lot of digging, digging, but I'd love to remember which one it was. It was definitely pre-Christmas. I remember saying, "There's a chance, that, you know, there's a chance here that you could slide." Um, just something that I, that I, that I, that I knew. Um, I think it was before we beat Coventry, JB. I think yeah. it was around that time, just before we beat Coventry, because we had a couple of negative results, and I, I don't remember. I remember I laughed it off. Didn't I? I was like, "No, you." You're having a laugh, like there's no chance we drop out of the playoffs. Yeah, and it, it's difficult because you know ultimately that's what that's what's happened. Um, but it, it's been coming for a while. You know whether or not it would have happened at, under what's his face under um, Ishmael. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm certain that it wouldn't have happened, um, and I know that's not a popular opinion. But we were we were so so good, particularly. Um, defensively that we just would not have dropped enough points to drop out yeah. of the six. No. It, it, it was a big call sacking Ishmael. Um and in a way an even bigger call bringing Bruce in. Um I know. And 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 I can see the logic as to why they did it in a way because you know he has got a little bit of credibility and and, and history around around you know getting teams up and it would have been a fresh face and, you know, sort of an experienced face, one of the players you'd thought respected and things like that. But ultimately it's massively backfired. The players obviously haven't brought into whatever he's trying to bring in. He hasn't obviously brought in an identity either. Um, and, and basically the season's just sort of, just sort of fizzled away in a real disappointing manner for you. Um, and that's a real shame, you know, because like you know, I say, I remember sort of chatting sort of early doors and, you know, the way Ishmael came in, playing this sort of high press sort of style of football and the fans were buying into it. You were top of the league for a while, unbeaten for the first week, 10 or something like that. You were unbeaten. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's probably it's probably one of the, the, I don't know how to word it, one of the 
biggest, they say Blackburn are giving a good, good run out. They've slid, I couldn't believe how far Blackburn have slid. But, um, you know, it's a real sort of foot, not fall from grace, but you get the point that I'm making. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, and again, we, we touch on walls in terms of how they've got to rebuild and what they've got to do and things like that. Um, but Albion are exactly the same. You've already touched on what you think they need to do. I don't know where you stand in terms of investment because of obviously the DK money um, being spent. You know, you don't know how much compensation I have to pay to Ishmael. Um, there's 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 lots of, of, of factors around the place where you know Albion potentially could be in for a massive summer, but for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. Um, in terms of like Albion's aspirations have always been looking up. You know, how are we going to get promoted? What are we going to do? The big fish, the sort of the, the big fish in the, in the small ponds. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's always a big summer for clubs, but I think particularly with Albion at the moment, I think, like I said, they've always been looking up. Um, you know, how can the challenge, what kind of players can they bring in, um, how they're going to get promoted, etc. Whereas I think, I think potentially now there might be a change of direction. You know, then there's not necessarily going to be a hell of a lot of funding there. The players that you could get off your books, yeah, okay, you might get a, a couple of million in there for players. There's no real, I know Carl and Grant's top scorer, but like I say, still paying off that 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 deal in the first place. Whatever you re- recoup a lot, that will have to go towards whatever you have Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, it, it could be a really sort of tight rebuilding summer now. Listen, strange things have happened, you know, and, and football's changed a lot. But I remember when Mick McCarthy first came to Wolves, you know, six oh seven and. I mean, that, that squad was built on a shoestring and I get times have changed, teams have got stronger and and, 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 and the game itself has changed. But, you know, we, we were able to sort of build and, and, and manage to get promoted on, 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 on a fairly sort of shoestring budget, if you like, um, compared to a lot of the teams around us. So it, it can be done. And I'm not necessarily, not necessarily saying that Albion are going to have a shoestring budget, but I just think the expectations now for Albion, as, as you've always alluded to in your lifetime, there's always been an expectation where you're going to challenge, you're going to be up there, you, you, you're, the, you're the big fish in the small pond. Um, but I think this season's been a bit of a reality check as to probably where you are as a club, um, as, as a team. Um, I think it needs an overhaul, it needs freshening up. I didn't necessarily think Steve Bruce was the man to do that. He did shock me when I saw that news that he was staying on. Um, whether the Albion owners have gone, well, actually, do you know what? We've gone with that sort of new, fresh, innovative sort of manager and, and we didn't like it, we didn't work out in their eyes. Um, so let's go for a bit of bit of bit of stability and consistency. You know, we we we're most likely not going to get relegated with Steve Bruce in charge, but at least we'll have a bit of stability. I just think the expectations this next season in the summer are potentially going to be a lot lower for Albion unless there is a sort of a, a the floodgates open with, with cash investment and you're able to really rebuild and, and create a sort of a, a top top side. But yeah, difficult times ahead potentially for Albion. It's not been great. It's not been good on the eye. It, there's been a lot of change, a lot of negativity um, a lot of fans I think have lost interest a little bit and, and that, that's completely understandable um, yeah, you know and, and like I said I think this summer is going to be interesting for Albion in, in, in a completely different way to what say last summer was yeah um, and as you you've already mentioned we, we've got the marquee signing in already and he's not kicked yeah. um, unless there's a marquee signing coming in we are going to have the biggest drop in season ticket holders in yeah 10 15 years probably yeah. it, it's it's not looking good um 
yeah, there's a there's a just an apathy around the club. It's also really concerning when you look at who's coming down. Um, I'd love Everton to get relegated because it would be really funny. Um, I'm sorry if that comes across like I'm not a proper football man, um, but I just think it would be hilarious for a club of the size of Everton to get relegated. Um, and you know, it would be quite funny. I, I, I've got no, there's no nuance. That to might happen. You know, you have you have to remember. And again, it's probably a little bit before your time. But teams like Nottingham Forest, Sheffield Wednesday, I know Leeds were your time, obviously, but, yeah. you know, there, there's some huge clubs, you know, and, and with the respect, you know, I know Everton, you know, but like, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, Forest, Leeds, Sunderland, um, you know, there's some big, big clubs that have, that have, that have been Newcastle um, not, not long ago. Yeah. You know, there's some big, big clubs that have been relegated with good players. You know, you yeah, well, got relegated. The worrying thing for you know, uh, from an Albion perspective is if if Everton come down, that's pretty much one of the top two places. Or you know, they they should have a placeholder really for the whole season. I can't see yeah. Everton coming down and not going straight back up. Probably winning the league. Um, yeah. If Burn if Burnley come down, you'd definitely expect them to be in the top six with um the caliber of yeah. players they've got. Um and Norwich always end up going back up. So if you look at who's coming down and, and Watford are the other team yeah, yeah. who are a bit like Norwich always yeah. end up going back up. If you look at who's coming down and you look at the core of teams who've put a real strong push together over the last maybe half a season, so started slowly yeah, yeah, yeah. warm the yeah. warm their way in. There's some good sides in the championship and yeah. Albion are going to be left by the wayside. I can't see how we... I can't see how we can make enough positive recruitment to close the gap, if I'm honest. Yeah, sure. And it, it really puts into perspective two things. Firstly, how good Mateus Pereira was and B, yeah. the job Slavin Bilic did. Because yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a worse team than, than that team, but it's not that different. It's just lacking that bit of quality. Um, which yeah, is why, that's why, as alluded to earlier, Remain Sawyers would be the first name back through the door if I was Steve Bruce. Um, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You've got an excellent, technically gifted championship player. You need central midfielders. Um, and Remain Sawyers is a good fit for Albion. And I hope he's you know received positively because he wasn't towards the end of his time at the club. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. First time round. Yeah, so when his loan's up at Stoke, I hope we can bring him back in. Um, and with the likes of Malumbi, Livermore, um, maybe Moe if he stays on, uh, there's a bit of energy around Sawyers, which is what he needs. Um, I, I'm not just saying this, and this is not me throwing my toys out the pram. Now we can't qualify for the playoffs. Yeah. I couldn't care less um, about Saturday's game. I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'll be play Reading. Um, I think Reading are safe now, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. But it was close for a while for them. Um, I'm going to go for, I don't know, I'm going to go for a, a nil-nil. Um, and who knows, you might miss another penalty in the last minute, which is <laughs> laughable, by the way, if anyone's not seen the Carl and Grant miss. It's a bit like the Jorginho miss. Um, yeah. A little bit like the... Bruno Fernandes missed. Carlin Grant also does that little hop, skip, jump thing in his run-up and they all missed this weekend, which was... Yeah. Yeah. The stock's very low on the hop, skip, jump penalty at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, JB, I couldn't care less. I'm going to say nil-nil. Um, probably won't watch it. I know that's that's sacrilege if I'm, t- sport, if I'm speaking on a West Brom podcast. 
Um, but I'll be amazed at, yeah. you know, to hear how many Albion fans are actually going to find a way to watch that game because it's not an interesting prospect. Um, yeah. JB, um, score prediction? I, I don't know. Are you at home? Al- uh, Medeski, where is it at? Yeah, it's at Reading, yeah. At Reading, uh, one all. Fair enough. Um, nothing more needs to be said about it. Even yeah. if we win next week, um, yeah, I probably won't even go in. I won't really yeah. analyse the game. It would be nice to maybe see a couple of the kids and maybe get a, a result. You don't know. Maybe a new yeah. system. Who cares? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> On to Wolves, JB. Um, it actually is a big game for Wolves, to be fair. With, yeah, no, it, is, it is. Yeah, We're speaking like Wolves' season's done. If they win here and West Ham don't get a result this weekend, and I don't know if West Ham will be necessarily playing for a result with a semi-final um, second leg following their game yeah. this weekend. Um, yeah, big game for Wolves, JB. Um, Brighton at home, three o'clock kickoff Saturday. What do you reckon? Um, I'll, I'll be honest, the words Brighton, Burnley, teams like that sort of fill me with fear, to be honest with you. <laughs> it, it, it honestly really, really do. Um, it is a big game, you're right. Um, it is a big game. And, and like I say, we can put the pressure on. I'd, I'd love to think that we would go out try and right some wrongs from Thursday, um, from, from Sunday, um, play with a bit of attacking intent and flair. Because um, the Brighton are a good, good unit. You know, Graham Potter, I'll give him credit, he's doing a good job there. You know, the pickup results are hard to beat. Um, do I think we're better than Brighton on our day? Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably been part of my frustration earlier on. I think a lot of the teams we have played recently, we have been better than, we, we are better than, but we just haven't done the business and on the day they've been better than us. Um this is a head and heart job for me. Really, is a head and heart job. My, 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 sort of my, my heart says Bruno will come good, prove his critics wrong, listen to this podcast and take on board all the sort of tactical sort of um, um, ideas and knowledge that I've given him today. Um, but oh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one all. I'd love. I'd love. My heart says two one. My head says one one. Brian are a good unit. They always seem to, 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 to play well against Wolves. And we, we have done well against them at times in the past, but they never seem to be classics, really. And it always seems to be quite a dour contest. Um, so I don't think it'd be particularly pleasant on the eye. I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love us to go out with an attacking sort of intent, start Neto, you know, real sort of go at it because we've got nothing to lose. I'd really love that rather than sort of playing that monotonous way we have done in the last couple of weeks, really. But... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'm going to call two one all this weekend, and and and, and hope that, that maybe if they can prove me wrong in this time next week, we can have a chat to go at you. Do you know what? You know, we did the business, and, and, and we, we've got a, an outside chance with, with that one in. But we'll see, mate. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting matchup. I think both two teams who are good without the ball and in different ways at times. Both very organised, but Brighton are, I think, more aggressive without the ball. Um, yeah. I like to win it back um, very quickly. I think it'll be a, a yeah, a, a, maybe a game where both teams cancel each other out a little bit. Um, yeah. I am going to go for a Wolves win, actually. I think, okay. yeah, I, I, it, I know you're not the same side without Neves, but I don't know. I just think maybe just to keep the season going, going into these tough yeah. fixtures, I'm going to go with a... 1-0 Wolves win. I'm not going to upset the apple cart too much and go for excitement, but I'll go, uh, yeah. 
I'll go for a one yeah, night. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you are enjoying um, an Albion or a Wolves game this weekend, um, I hope that you do so. I hope that you really do um, enjoy the the dying embers of the football season. Um, there certainly won't be an extension of the season for Albion, unfortunately, um, but maybe Wolves might go into the end of the season with something to play for into May. Um, that remains to be seen. Um, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. Um, if you've gotten this far, um, please go over to our page on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts or wherever you listen um, and rate us. Um, I want to say honesty is the best policy, but also five stars is the best policy <laughs> from our point of view. Um, and other than that, just uh, don't hesitate to reach out on um, on social media. You can find us at BCR Pod on Twitter. Um, let us know what you thought of um, our question this week. Did you get it? And also, um, can anybody fact check the fact about Albion um, and the 1888 FA Cup final that I found um, this week. That was in Inverting the Pyramid, uh, the Football Tactics book by Jonathan Wilson. Um, I'm going to trust that he fact-checked that, um, the fact that that was the first ever sellout. Uh, but if anyone else can attest to that, if anyone can prove maybe where that's come from, that would be much appreciated as well. Um, little um, thing to look forward to for the listeners and for you, JB. There is a period on 50s football in this book, which I haven't got to yet. And it talks about Stan Cullis and how innovative as a tactician. Um, So yeah, something to look out for. Um, I know that was Wolves golden era really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, mine, 10%. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know what I make of it. Um, yeah, so once again, JB, thank you very much. Um, and thank you. thank you to the listeners. Um, we'll see you next week for another episode of the Black Country Ramble.